Scripture tells us that God's holy word is holy and infallible. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. And in order to give honor to this holy and infallible word of God, let's stand together as we give honor to the, the word of the Lord. If you're able, stand as we read together verses 1 through 11 of Luke 5. Luke 5, starting at verse 1. Now it happened that while the crowd was pressing around him and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake, but the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little way from the land. And he sat down and began teaching the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered and said, Master, we worked hard all night and caught nothing, but I will do as you say and let down the nets. When they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish and their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat for them to come and help them. And they came and filled both of the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw that, he fell down at Jesus' feet, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For amazement had seized him and all his companions because of the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not fear. From now on you will be catching men. When they brought their boats to, to land, they left everything and followed him. Let's pray together. Our glorious Lord, we pray that by your Holy Spirit that you would help us to receive and believe this, your word. And also we pray that your Holy Spirit would help me to preach this word in a way that is pleasing in your sight. For we ask these things in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. You don't have to know how to fish or even have much experience with fishing or even be much of a fisherman to appreciate today's text. But for those of you who I know in the congregation who love fishing, if you've gone out and you've been there for hours upon the lake or in the streams and you've caught nothing and you feel like you wasted the entire day and caught only maybe two little scant fish, you gave way to another fisherman you might have a little bit better connection with today's text. The ministry of Jesus Christ here um, is following some other events that I want us to go over some of the context. Um, Jesus Christ's ministry was inaugurated when he was baptized, when he was inaugurated as the Christ, as the Messiah, as the Holy One of God. In uh, chapter 3, 21 and following, it says the Holy Spirit descended upon him in a bodily form like a dove and the father spoke from heaven you are my beloved son in whom i am well pleased so the holy spirit 
descended upon Christ, and then afterwards he led him immediately to be tempted of Satan, and Christ successfully was uh, uh, passed all of those temptations. He was victorious over the devil and did so by the authority of the word upon three temptations. And after that, the Holy Spirit led him again to go and to preach into the region of Galilee. In chapter 4, verse 14, it says, In the power of the Spirit, he began his public ministry, his preaching and teaching ministry, and his, his healing and delivering many. His popularity grew, except in Nazareth, wherein his uh, hometown congregation sought to throw him off a cliff because he rebuked their unbelief. So he goes back, and now he's preaching again uh, near uh, a place called Gene- uh, the Lake of Gennesaret. And Jesus, uh, we read here that his popularity has grown significantly more. Um, look at verse 1. Now it happened that while the crowd was pressing around him and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake, but the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little way from land. And he sat down and began teaching the people from the boat. Now the reason Jesus is doing this, teaching from the boat, is because people are almost going to smother him. Maybe they think that he, you know, he, they, they're looking to be healed or they're looking to be delivered so they want Jesus to help them, and Jesus can't really preach, so he has to get on the boat to preach, preaching slightly off the shore. But as we get to the remainder of the text, I want us to look at the main focus of um, the, the remaining verses up through verse 11 under this heading, that God wants us to endeavor to catch men, women, and children for the kingdom. God wants us to endeavor to catch men, women, and children for the kingdom. We'll see this in two main points. The catch of Jesus, the, the miraculous catch of Jesus. And secondly, the evangelistic call of Jesus. Let's look at this first main point, the miraculous catch of Jesus. Verses uh, 4 and 5. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered and said, Master, we worked hard all night and caught nothing, but I will do as you say and let down the nets. So here Simon's not expecting much, is he? Yet he's willing to go along with what Jesus told him to do. You know, he's thinking maybe, well, we worked all night, caught nothing. Maybe if I catch 10 fish, we'll have enough to eat when we get back. Or maybe I'm just going to go out with Jesus and cast my net so to make him happy, but I don't expect much. What happens next? It says, look at verses uh, 6 through 7. When they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish, and their nets began to break, so that they signaled to their partners in the other boat for them to come and help them. And they came and filled both of the boats so that they began to sink. I don't know about you, but I think to, to almost sink two Galilean fish boats, I think you're looking at probably hundreds of fish, depending on the size, maybe over a thousand fish. An enormous catch. 
So there's a lesson here that when we don't expect much from God, maybe we should. I love this particular passage. I think it's a good commentary on today's text from Ephesians 2.20, which says that God is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. Expect great things from God. Ask for great things from God. What happens next you may, might seem a little bit peculiar. Um, Peter says this um, in verses 8 through 9. But when Simon Peter saw that, he fell down at Jesus' feet, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For amazement had seized him and all his companions because of the catch of fish which they had taken. Maybe you and I would fall down at the feet of Jesus and thank him. And maybe we'd say, Lord, don't ever leave and let's live by the shore of this lake forever. Let's retire here at this lake. Don't ever go away from me, Lord. But, but why did Peter say this? Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. I think that this might have been the first time that Peter realized who he was dealing with. We, we know that the Holy Spirit had revealed it to him, and when Christ asked him later, who do men say that I am? What did Peter say? That you are the Son of the living God. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. I think here Peter's realizing who Jesus is. In the presence of the holy and anointed sinless Son of God, when we stand beside him, we see our sin all the more. As we get closer to the light of God's glory and holiness, we see our filth all the more, don't we? Um, if you or I stand by one another, if, um, if, I stand if we stand beside each other and we compare ourselves to one another, we might not seem so, so sinful. But if we stand beside the holy perfect, sinless Son of God, yeah, we, I think we'll see our sin a lot more. And that's why he, he felt his uncleanness, his sin, in the presence of God. The good news of the gospel is, though, that despite our sin and despite our wickedness, that we know that by faith, God washes us clean from all that filth and he gives us eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I love, uh, and I think it's a, a good uh, a hymn uh, that we should acknowledge uh, the magnificent grace that's given to us through the words of this blessed hymn from Henry Francis Light. Rather than saying, go away from me, Lord, we say, I need thy presence every passing hour. What but thy grace can foil the tempter's power? Who like thyself, my guide and stay, can be through cloud and sunshine? Oh, abide with me. So yes, Peter, at this time of his fear of who Christ was, said, depart from me. But later on, he clung to him, didn't he? What happens next is that Jesus 
in, in the midst of this amazement, amazement, gives an evangelistic call. Let's look next, next at the evangelistic call of Jesus. Look at verses 10 through 11. So we read earlier, Simon's amazed, but also uh, those who are with him. Uh, look at verse 10. So also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, of course he's saying to their others as well, do not fear for now on you will be catching men. When they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Now, we have to first and foremost say that these events tell us about the calling of the holy apostles, Peter, James, and John. Later on in, today, in, in this chapter, in chapter 5, we'll, we'll study the calling of, of Levi, who's also called Matthew. That's going to be a calling of another apostle. But I would say that any time a person is called to um, gospel ministry, he is called to be a fisher of men, even in the New Testament church. So it wasn't just for the apostles that this was called to be something as an apostolic calling. Now, as an OPC church, we would use the title of Reformed. We're Reformed. But I hope you would agree that we should say that we are considered evangelicals. Why should we call ourselves evangelicals? It's because the Bible uses that term. The word um, to evangelize comes from the Greek word euangelizo, which means to bring or to tell good news. And that comes, uh, it goes back, and it's here in your outline, from Luke 1. Uh, the angel said, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God. I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news, this euangelizo, good news of what God has done. Every Christian, if you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you, and if you have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I think it's part of who you should be, that you should rejoice in the good news of the gospel. By faith, the redeeming work of Jesus Christ should be, in your understanding, the greatest gift ever given. That is the good news. Shouldn't we want to tell others? Shouldn't we want to tell others? Now, the question is, if you're a Christian, it's not whether or not you should be evangelistic. Whether It's whether or not you... You're called by Holy Scripture to be an evangelical. Just whether or not you're a good one or not. I believe that every Christian should seek that others, men, women, and children, should be gathered into the fold. That they should be brought in with the net into God's kingdom. When I was a home health uh, occupational therapist, I had a patient who lived in Ball, Louisiana. And she knew I was part of the OPC, and she even knew that I preached here at the OPC. But there was a time where she distinctly tried to talk to me about sin, about the coming judgment, and the only way for salvation through Jesus Christ. 
I didn't get offended and say, well, doesn't she know that I'm a member of the OPC and I should know these things? I was rejoicing. I was thinking to myself, man, I hope she does that with the rest of the staff and with the home health agency. Because she took it as her call that she was wanting to catch men for the kingdom. What a thing that I would encourage you as well. And sometimes you do have a case where you have a captive audience and people are wanting to talk. Why not tell them of the good news of what Christ has done for you? Each of us are not called to preach, but we can witness. We can tell others of the good news, where grace can be found. Now, if you're too shy to witness the truth, you can tell people where they can hear the gospel preached. You can tell them, you know, I know of a church. I go, I go to a church that has good preaching. Why don't you come and join us sometime? The enormous catch of fish here established uh, something that I believe happens next in verse 11. It says, When they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. I think the, the humongous catch of fish helped them leave everything and follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, Without a doubt, this was the most profitable catch these men have ever made in their entire lives. And I think that this was useful for helping establish the finances of their families, uh, the families of uh, James, uh, John, and Peter, so that they could then leave their families and go follow Jesus. Um, I've heard of people neglecting their households for some Christian work. And at the same time, Paul says in 1 Timothy 5, 8, If anyone does not provide for his own, especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Well, God himself, through the person of Jesus Christ, was helping them provide for their household so that they could follow him. But notice this. We have foreign missionaries who serve in foreign lands. And I still think this applies today. A portion of verse 11 when it says, They left everything and followed him. We have foreign missionaries who leave the comforts of American society, even the safety of American society, to go on and live in third world countries such as Uganda and Haiti to serve for the sake of the kingdom. They left the conveniences of home. They left their families, their parents, their grandparents, their extended family, even they and their children, parents and children, have gone off to the mission field And you could say in a sense here that they've left a tremendous amount for the sake of the kingdom. Verse 11 is a call, not that you have to sell everything you have and live on the street for the sake of Christ, but it's a call that you should be willing to sacrifice for the sake of the kingdom. Just as uh, these men do and just as our missionaries do. But believe me, not everybody's called to foreign mission work. But everyone of us is called to love the gospel and to facilitate the work of the gospel, whether we are the ones going or not. We can facilitate it through giving. We can facilitate it through prayer, through encouragement, and many other ways. According to today's text, Jesus Christ calls us to endeavor 
to catch men, women, and children for the sake of the kingdom. Notice that there was a miraculous catch of fish that demonstrated to Peter the identity of who Jesus Christ was. That this supernatural work even led Peter to see his sin as he witnessed the Holy Messiah in his midst. And that same Holy Messiah uttered a calling unto them, Do not fear, for now on you shall be catching men. Ask God what it is that you can do in your endeavor. Ask God if there's neighbors that you can talk to. And as we're talking about hospitality and the ladies are starting a a study on hospitality, consider inviting people over into your home where you can talk to them about the things of the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe God wants you to build these relationships so then it opens up the door for a closer relationship that others can hear about what Jesus has done for you and they likewise can be brought into the kingdom. Ask God to give you a greater desire to see men caught or brought in to the fold of God's kingdom. Let's pray together. Our glorious Lord, we thank you that you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. We pray that you would help us to endeavor after a a greater desire to bring forth um, sons and daughters into your kingdom. Help us by your Holy Spirit. Guide us. Give us the words to say. Give us boldness. Help us to love the good news that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, among whom we can say that we are chief. And help us, we pray, to be faithful witnesses of the wonderful things that you've done. And we pray even now that you would bring in many. As you have directed your apostles to make this great and mighty catch, we pray, O Father, that even in this community, that you would bring in a, a fruitful catch for the sake of the kingdom. For we ask these things in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. For our closing hymn, let's turn to 170. 170, God in the gospel of his son. 170, let's